I just don't understand. How did Madame Web get around because her suit went all the way down and went around her legs? So that way she, she looks more spider-like. She uh, just look, sits in a chair. Pull up a clip of Madame Web. Isn't she blind? Yeah. Maybe? That was unclear. She just wears glasses. Yeah. There we go. There she, she yeah. is. Yeah. I bet people are like, finally, the chance for a woman of a certain age to play a character in the Marvel Universe. Ariana Grande is Madame Web. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> Headline reads. God. That's got like a snake tail. How does so that make her look more like, like a you're spider? You're part of the spider force. Yeah, look. If, what? If you got bit by a radioactive spider. If you got bitten by a crow, would there still be Madame Web? Yeah, because he'd be part of the crow force or whatever. <laughs> the spider lineage is long. His is precedes you, Spider-Man. Welcome to Filmhouse, everybody. Uh, this week's episode is sponsored by Skillshare and ButcherBox. Uh, my name's Daniel. I've got Elise, Adam, and James with me this week. Hello. Yes, may the force be with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, Adam gave it away. We're going to talk about some Star Wars this week. Last night, Hollywood Reporter broke some news that uh, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige, probably the hottest guy in Hollywood right now. So um, hot. I mean, yeah. yeah. Him and yeah. Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is going to... Develop a Star Wars property, uh, probably a film, with Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing I wondered was how he possibly has time to do such a thing. Um, I mean, when you're rich, yeah, you have time for anything. Do you think he's got clones or he's a robot or anything? I, I mean, he probably works very hard, but I don't think that all this takes us more yeah. time than you would imagine. I would, I would think after Infinity War, you you just kind of dust your hands and move on. Mm-hmm. Because you you accomplished what no other studio had ever done yeah. mm-hmm. in the history of for the top properties. ten yeah. films of all time. Yeah, like eight and a half billion dollars. I know, in I know America the movies alone. get a lot of crap for being kind of samey and like lame color palette, and you know you know they look like expensive TV shows or whatever. But like they Captain Marvel made a billion dollars and tied it into like. You made a first-time movie successful because it was riding on the back of the big thing about to come. Like it was, it's just a smart way so of putting out films. You're saying he only he can only go down. He's I, he's achieved I, I, all that. He if can. you're gonna point to the board and go Eternals, Eternals is the future <laughs> of Marvel. No, it's Shang Chi, which I think is great if you're sort of soft rebooting everything because all your major heroes are moving on, or some might be around in the background so much. But like, yeah, maybe you go, well, I did everything I could, and I'm going to move on to something else that maybe needs help. Okay. Star yeah, Trek. it doesn't seem like he's moving on, though. It seems like he's still pending Marvel, and now he's, in addition to that, he's mm-hmm. taking on Star Wars. He's working with Kathleen Kennedy. And it's interesting because the question is, like, how much time can Kevin Feige dedicate? Like, how much can one man be stretched across all these properties? Which I'm wondering how much of an actual, like, hands-on approach he's taking, or whether it's just, like, Kathleen Kennedy now is going to be like showing shit to him. He looks at it and he goes, okay. Or mm-hmm. he says, no, you need more of a plan. Because yeah. the really mm-hmm. interesting thing about her at the helm of the new trilogy and these movies is like, she didn't seem to come in and go, here's the overarching plan. Not like Kevin Feige does with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Right. And the fact that you have directors like, uh, who's the dude that did uh, Last Jedi? Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson yeah. coming in going, well, they didn't really give me any plan to adhere to. Mm-hmm. They kind of said, do whatever you want. Like that sort of seemed to be his response and why mm-hmm. the backlash against him feels a little unjustified. People are like, 
well, he wasn't, you know, playing ball, but it's like they didn't really seem they didn't to give say. Him ball. Yeah, they didn't give him a ball to hit and, and say hit it in that direction. Right. So you're so, saying you need, they need a tighter grip on the Star Wars franchise and make it a bit more samey. It sounds like they're saying, Kevin, you knew how to wrangle a plan and how to have that foresight to say this is how we're gonna build this strategy going ten years ahead, and they want him to bring that to Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I think you're. I think you're probably. I think that's exactly right because it's not like he wrote all of the Marvel. No. he didn't write and direct all the Marvel movies. He was just kind of the person who stepped in and said, "Nope, this doesn't match." Yeah, try again. Like he would just probably his most of his job is probably number one identifying talent that he thinks will f- mesh into the fold or add a certain color or character to the Marvel franchise. But then also probably reading all the scripts and going, "Can you throw something in here?" Or can you do this because it needs to tie in with that? Which hmm. I always yeah. thought was a strange thing about this whole Star Wars action that we've been living in the Star Wars world is that it all feels so incoherent. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense when you don't know that something is going to be a huge success that you're like trying to figure it out afterwards. Like DC. Yeah. Like DC <laughs> is like just, you're like, is this going to work? I hope yeah. so. But, it's unclear. But Star Wars is one of those franchises where right. you go in, at, yeah. it, you know it's they, a. This is they a also already had yeah. the Marvel template going by the time Star Wars kind of p- popped back into popular culture. Yeah. So it is weird. I always thought it was strange just watching it. I was like, so they have this trilogy that has no coherence, but then they also have these other movies where they could be com- completely have no coherence, but so desperately are tied to the Star Wars universe. It mm. just seemed... You're talking about like Rogue One and yeah, Solo and Rogue stuff. One yeah. and Solo. It's just like, why are... If you can do anything here, why are you doing anything in the main trilogy? Mm-hmm. But then these other movies are so desperately tied to th- the information we already know. It didn't seem like there was a plan. So even Disney can't replicate the Disney formula? <laughs> even though... Well. Right, I know Disney bought Marvel after Kim Feige already started it off with Incredible Hulk and Iron Man and Captain America and all that stuff. So like by the time Disney was there, Avengers was already in production. So like... Mm-hmm. They just wrote the check and said, just keep doing what you're doing because it's working. Yeah. I think that's interesting because it's – I think something you're talking about is is Star Wars was given to all these directors. You know, you guys, you're talented. You come up with something. And, and then Marvel, Marvel, it's more yeah. of a controlled – they don't have these huge blockbuster directors. They might become that, like the Russo brothers. But that's generally opposite of the way I would think you make a really good movie is, is trusting some producer to put – people in a team without some brilliant yeah. person directing? I think I do think like, you know, Last Jedi um, was kind of a, a marvel. Like, the, the way they brought on Taika Waititi to do Thor, bringing on Ryan Johnson to do, like, he's not the kind of person that you would think, I'll give him a Star War. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but they did. Yeah. And yeah, I guess it's just, you just need your mastermind, your puzzle master and that's, Can- Kathleen Kennedy maybe didn't have that foresight. I think she probably wanted to find talent and then let them take yeah. a shot at the franchise. I think well, Kevin Feige does that too, but Kevin Feige says, Taika Waititi, we would love a Taika Waititi movie in the Marvel Universe set in a completely different galaxy, far, far <laughs> away from anything that actually matters, and then we'll just retcon most of what happens by the end of that movie to fit in with our... And like, lest we not forget, there have been times when it has failed. Uh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Like, they, that was like bringing an auteur to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, he's not playing... Well, we don't know the exact circumstances, but it's not playing nice, this yeah. relationship. Well, but it's, so. it's still astounding to think that that's the only scenario that we're aware of. That's the only like yeah. thing that happened. And even that, it doesn't seem like it was a 
terrible breakup. It was just like, no, I didn't. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to lean my script into what they were already had planned, and so yeah. we went our separate ways. Well, I'm I'm guessing it went something like along the lines of, hey, I'm Edgar Wright. They're giving me Ant Man. Who the hell cares about Ant Man? I'm gonna do whatever I want, go crazy. But then Marvel right. goes, actually, Ant Man's kind of a major character coming, in and goes. What really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need you his to establish the quantum realm. Yeah, his, because name, his name's Ant Man. It's gonna make a time machine. He, a time machine. He goes small. Yeah, yeah. And he's like actually he goes big too. He goes big, and he yeah. goes okay. You guys do your own thing, There's, and yeah, we're gonna and, have uh, whatever Michael Douglas in young man makeup. And he, you know, it's it's really far down the road, but yeah. we just need to make sure he doesn't hit his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Gwyneth Paltrow will show up. At some, oh, no, no, what's her name? Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. She's going to show up, and then she does something, and he mm-hmm. just, everybody goes, why'd you show me all this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I just so, want to match it to music. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Did he have the soundtrack already? Um, so there, there's very little story here. We don't know much about what's happening other than Kevin Feige is apparently a huge Star Wars fan, uh, more so than he was ever in a Marvel comics. He was a Star Wars kid, uh, Star Wars fan as a kid. And I think one thing we attribute to him is creating this vast interconnected universe of like 20 whatever films. Is there like room to do that with Star Wars to make, you know, 10 years of, you know, 15 films and make it this interconnected thing? Because like, so. that's kind of where we we give his skill set. Depends how much you want to stretch that anal cavity, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the the extended universe, the Star Wars expanded universe or whatever, in the books and comics and stuff, kind of have already set that precedent. And it's messy, but that's the same way that Marvel Comics, if you're just trying to read them, is messy too. Yeah. You just need someone to come in and go like, well, this is how, what we're going to focus on. A Jacob, mm. if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a, maybe the third person that they've said, go make some Star yeah. Wars stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they've got Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. supposedly still working on a trilogy. The Game of Thrones showrunners supposedly working on a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, How many of these different stories are are going to be possible? To the last point, I would say that something that's kind of different comparing like uh, Marvel. Marvel was executed within the span of 10 years. Whereas Star Wars, you're pulling films from the 70s and 80s, early 2000s, now together that are all tonally very different. You're trying to make everything feel cohesive. It's like, at what point maybe does Star Wars maybe even try to like record scratch it and... Like this kind of felt like maybe that maybe they'd have to like reboot the whole universe, and which it would be tough because those films are so iconic. Mm-hmm. Well, you you can because it is a galaxy far, far away. They did with the Old Republic, which was one of the smartest things they did in Star Wars lore, where they go, all right, this takes place really far away, two thousand years ago, yeah. or like ten thousand, something yeah. like that, where it's like we're not going to be closely related to anything, so we can do whatever we want. So because right now, yeah, everything's stuck in this. I guess this time loop. Basically, Mandalorian is kind of its own beast on the outside of the galaxy. Still though, that, the, still the first question comes up. They're like, which episodes does it take place between? And they go, I don't know, three and four. Yeah. What do you want from me? <laughs> oh yeah, but Dan, are you saying like who we think would be good to bring into the universe? Or well, no, I, I mean I think they're they're going to have to start over, right? They're not going to reboot Skywalkers. They need to create I think a this whole is, another this is series it. of characters. Yeah. And then ten movies from that, and there are no comic books. There's not sixty years of comic other writers time. coming up with I mean, material I mean, for yeah, you to. There's, there's plenty put of together. comic books. Disney just pretends they don't exist. But here's the yeah. thing: like, no one thought that Iron Man could lead a franchise like no. that. So it saying, just took someone who identified it and mm-hmm. then breathed life into the character in a cinematic way. Yeah. So th- I'm sure someone out there could tell us amazing candidates for. 
to lead a Star Wars ongoing franchise for mm-hmm. 20 something films. Yeah. We just might not be aware of them because we don't care, kind of like we didn't yeah. care about yeah. Iron Man. If they did like the story of General Grievous, <laughs> I know it on. seems j- silly. You but, just like, said you wanted to get away from it all. <laughs> no, but his backstory is like really cool and interesting and no. dark. What about that first Sith guy? What's his name? Darth uh, Maul? No, the no, first Plagueis the Wise. Or no, whatever. it's way <laughs> before them. It's Darth the dude. Bane? He was like a slave, and then he like broke out. He's like the first Sith. Guys, uh, come on. Uh, anyway, is he a spider? I have a couple. But let me pitch this to you. <laughs> so, okay. Darth Vader versus Magneto. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Um, so uh, one of the other little bits in that Hollywood Reporter article was that uh, they say a source of theirs says Feige has already told a major actor that there's a specific role that he wants that actor to play mm-hmm. uh, in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> so um, is it Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson? Rahul Kohli. Yeah. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that was, Rahul. That was I thought, what I thought about when he came on. I'm like, I wonder how many of those actors we're going to see no. in the ones Star Wars. Actually, I think they I want to get back into that. I know I mean, who it is. Another billionaire. I think they're going to receive Maybe not Chris people. Evans. I, I actually know who it is. Who is it? War Machine. Oh, Terrence Howard. <laughs> the original. The original. <laughs> he said, mm-hmm. you need to step away from Marvel right now because we're going to we're gonna like, groom waves, you. Waves, man, waves. Yeah. Guys. We're, we're going to make these movies impossible to make. What if they're fucking insane and they try to cross <laughs> the cosmos and they try to bring like the Marvel Galactic Universe and have some sort of no relation knows. to the Star Wars? <laughs> I love it. People would throw themselves down in the streets in the I path of cars. Natalie Portman is 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 uh she Thor, she Thor is and Darth she Vader's wife mama. and Thor. <gasps> That's fucking it's already wild. happening. Ow. It's already <laughs> happening. I still like, I'm going to go back to the fact that I don't know how he's got time for this cuz they just threw the X-Men at him. Don't he, he the X- he's got to do like X-Men movie. Yeah. It, it could also be just trying to give the Star Wars audience which is very divisive right now very upset giving them a vote of good faith with a person that they've they've trusted with the franchise like it could be like I'm not, us? I'm not saying that they're just he's a Kevin Feige is a Star Wars puppet figurehead I'm not saying that but oh. it sounds like you're saying <laughs> I'm just saying like whatever level of purview he may have at an executive level could be just enough to be able to give the community that vote of confidence in him sure, I maybe. also think it's interesting because there were so many people with uh, Last Jedi that were really upset about the Marvel-esque humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you're bringing in the dude that's yeah. like kind of like you know, we, the chiefed into a, that. Do we want more your mama jokes? Yeah, like, you might be getting them from I, Feige. I saw someone point this out where they're like, you can get away with that. It was like one of these video essays, but I remember he made a good point. It's like, you can get away with that in the Marvel movies because it's comic books and it's yeah, dumb and it's silly. silly. And they, they sort of have to poke fun at it of like, look, this is all really silly, but it does a really good job of poking fun at it, but then also becoming, you know, putting a serious tone on it when you buy into it. Star Wars is more or less all serious. It, to be it a bit more epic. There's, there's levity, seriously. but it's like everything's high stakes. The droids aren't fucking minions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like doing their big I mean, they could be. They could be though. Kevin Feige says maybe take a hint from Universal. When's Kevin Feige going to take hold of that Despicable Me franchise? <laughs> Send that into the Yeah, what else room. do we want Feige to be involved in? <laughs> I, here's what, here, Bring I think back Conan. There's another aspect of this, too, which is Disney, if Kevin Feige walks into a room and says, hey, can I take a crack at that Star Wars? Disney's going to, what are they going to say? No? Yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah. He, like, he probably, I would say if he's a comic book nerd, He's he probably a Star Wars had, nerd first. Yes, apparently. I know, but you could be multiple nerds. <laughs> um, so, like, he can probably he probably has a plan 
But like Adam was saying, it's like now we're into the Eternals. He might be Shang Chi. I'm sure he's probably like, well, what, call me once the X Men yeah. are back yeah. in, and then I'll, I'll come back well, really I don't hard. Speak but until for then, him, but like you should. He might be in a position where he has so much clout at Disney that he can go, hey, I really want to work on Star Wars. And they go, but you're a Marvel guy. Like, everyone knows that Marvel's in such a big period of transition following Endgame. Like, we can't lose you. And he goes, okay, well, I, you're going to lose me if you don't put me on DC the Star called. Wars. <laughs> Ke- yeah. Kevin Feige puts his foot down. He mm-hmm. says, Joker's to call in. And mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think you know. you're right. I, I, he, he has made so much money made so many hit films he can do anything in this industry he wants so mm-hmm. maybe he is at that point where it's like what do I want yeah, yeah. you know probably, well, probably not or he wants a new eternal. challenge this is a very specific scenario but it applies only to me uh, <laughs> if you've ever gone to an amateur improv show in Los mm-hmm. Angeles done yeah yep, yep. For me, it's it's torture. You're sitting there and you're watching people, and then one person will be really good, and they'll be like, "Man, th- I can't believe this plant is dying. If only I had some water." And then they'll look at their partner, and then the scene partner will go like, "Here's cement," or like they'll do, they'll just completely ruin the improv, and mm-hmm. you're sitting there and you're like, "That was a perfect <laughs> opportunity," and it kills you to sit there mm-hmm. and think about the better version of all those jokes. And you're like, yeah. "Why is that person on stage?" That might be how he feels about Star Wars. He's watching the franchise and he's like, I don't understand. Why are they focusing on this? And he's probably he probably goes home and barks at his his significant others and goes like, <laughs> What do? Who cares about any of this? My brain is broken, and instead of listening to what you say, my brain went, How would I respond in that situation? Oh, I would pretend that I had water balloons in my bra, and then I would hand them to you because I had bre- those were my boobs the whole time. I'd laugh you, like on stage is what you do in the improv show go. that I made up. Here you go. Uh huh. Mm. Can you well, repeat everything you just said? That's why you're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, all, from the Marvel side, he probably has a pretty good job because he's got a bunch of like X Men DVDs. He can just hand someone and go, "Don't do this." And they go, "Cool." You mean the movies? Yeah, but they already did do that again, I, twice. Again, yeah. And he goes, "Don't do." Th-. He's like, "I can give you X Men three, or I can uh-huh. give you Dark Phoenix. Which one do you want?" Oh okay. God! Just don't do. I, I, I got Topher Grace to splice it into one movie, <laughs> <laughs> and. You Do you think that Kevin Feige keeps Topher Grace on the payroll? Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it, Under the stairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he keeps him chained with yeah. a with a MacBook. <laughs> An iMovie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep editing. Your, edit your little heart out. Topher, Topher Grace <laughs> thinks he's so much better than the rest of us. But he read that Spider-Man 3 script and he said yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually that was a leaked email. I guess you can find it on WikiLeaks somewhere. Um, someone point out. I didn't actually click on it, but... There's those leaky, leaked emails from Sony, mm-hmm. and there was an email from Feige basically saying, hey, uh, saw what you guys are doing with uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Don't do it. And they just said, I think we know what we're doing. Mm. Hard cut to Spider-Man swinging a sewer. <laughs> they had Rhino and hard cut. Going, wow. Dear God. But anyway, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess a lot of people are supposing this is a prelude to a larger role for Feige at Lucasfilm. Um and I kind of hate to bring this up because I think this is just people drumming up sexism, but people are saying, oh, Kathleen Kennedy's messed up all these Star Wars movies. Push her out. Get Kevin the hit maker in oh. there. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's – first of all, here's a safe thing to, to, to do for everyone to do. You have no idea what that job is like. Oh, you have it. no yeah. idea what it requires. I every single person watching this has no – every single person talking about it has no idea – what that job requires of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathleen Kennedy has a extremely, 
extremely huge resume. Mm -hmm. She's been doing this for fucking ever. Mm. And I would say that if I had to guess at a potential misstep, it's what we already kind of touched on, which is she tried to find really talented people and then just let them go. She's, why am I going to get involved in this? Let well, these she had people JJ do it. at first. And you yeah. trust JJ to do his thing. JJ. And he did yeah. do his thing. And then she brought in Ryan Johnson, who did do his thing. Like a lot of, it's a lot of people kind of doing their thing. Mm -hmm. The only time I feel like there's been some interferences with Chris Miller and. Uh, well, uh, and in Rogue One. What Gareth Edwards was kind of fired and they oh, shot yeah, me yeah. into that. But like, I think some of those are, those are like, maybe they did their thing too much. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like we said in the Marvel franchise, they generally bring on someone and then tell them to do our thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, you still, know. I still want to see that, uh, was it Chris Lord, Phil Miller? Phil, yeah. Phil Lord. Yeah. Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I get their <laughs> yeah. names. The Miller Lords. Uh, yeah, those, those. You want the Snyder cut? I wanted. I wanted to just see what they were gonna do with it because mm -hmm. it's a lot of people are coming back around right now in Solo and going. Actually, if you watch it, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't hate it when it came out. Me either. Uh, I was am, the first Star Wars m movie to lose money. Wow. So, but that's because they had to make it twice. <laughs> they also true. released it like a couple of months after another Star Wars movie, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. Yes. That. Might be a level of oversaturation that they might have to learn from of that. I I think with Disney Plus and everything else coming out, um, maybe that will make things a little easier because then you can release The Mandalorian and it doesn't have to go to theaters and yeah. they can just... You they can, can just say how much money it made. Yeah, you can just control it all. And so, yeah, maybe Solo would be a, a Disney Plus movie, you know, instead of a, you know, big, huge blockbuster. Like you can make these smaller films maybe. Sorry, I'm just distracted by how good Yoda looks in the trilogy. Say what so you bad. will, episode two has held up like milk. He looks so bad. It's he looks so, so bad. Um, <sighs> the the Star Wars landscape, I it is kind of complicated right now. I think they might be scrambling to just figure out what's next, considering they've attached so many people to so many different projects. Yeah, those mm -hmm. can change though. Yeah. Well, after the failure of failure of Solo. Followed by the failure of Galaxy's Edge. Oh, <laughs> well, that's another hate Star Wars. That's thing. another thing. I guess that hasn't been doing as well as they had expected. Here's the that's, thing: yeah. you all need to go out there and support Rise of Skywalkers because mm -hmm. when they do that Disney hotel thing where you become like a Jedi for a weekend, mm -hmm. <laughs> depending on how well that movie does, is going to correlate to how much they're going to charge for those tickets. Oh. Right now, it's I think it's going to be like a thousand, two thousand dollars. But the movie bombs. It's going to be like. Three hundred thousand dollars to do this experience. Why? It's gonna be way less. They gotta make up for it. That's not how that works. They need. Yes, <laughs> no they do. If there's no demand. They're not works. gonna raise the price for it. I attended an econ. We needed class. to bomb. <laughs> we needed to bomb. <laughs> we needed to bomb so that way the tickets are cheap, so we can actually afford to go to the thousand dollar per night. No, they're whatever. Gonna, they're gonna raise. Hey, oh, down, down. <laughs> At the rate that they want all these projects to release, they have no choice but to employ different talent to work on all of them, and I can sure. I can see why. The logical thinking would be we, we know a man who was able to orchestrate this with a, a critically acclaimed and financially bombshell of a franchise. Terrence Howard. So bring Terrence Howard back. <laughs> He's back. Original roadie. My roadie. Guys, Ben Mendelsohn is a bad guy in Star Wars and also a Skrull in Captain Marvel. Show me no more, Spectre. <laughs> we already have the crossover. But does his lift carry across Christmas the French reference? Pack? Yeah, it's worse. We just uh, say it all the time. I, don't know. I think they jammed more stuff in his mouth when he I plays Talos. I don't understand <laughs> how he can't just talk normal. It's, it's got big teeth in an Australian accent. 
I love Rogue One. Man, so good. It Rogue looks One, so fucking Rogue cool. One's actually, well, hold on, I was going to follow it up well. with a joke. Oh. Go. Like all my favorite characters, like Blind Man and Big Gun. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Baze Malbec and that's probably It's Blaze Malbus. <laughs> so you do know. <laughs> Jern and, Urso. Uh... Barth Vader. Andor is getting his own show, Adam. Who? Yes. Oh, QBD17. The guy from the Void experience. How do you think someone names a robot? They're like, we need to find letters that go together that kind of have an aesthetic. Yeah, there it is. He just did it. VLHKJ. There's a Destiny like gun name generator out there because they're all just sort of samey. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure they do that. Like, I bet there's a droid. Yeah. Nice. You can find it. There's a generator for anything. Nothing's original. Eight six seven five three zero nine. It's my favorite throw. <laughs> Thank you for calling me, yeah. <laughs> Jenny. Jenny, how can I help you? Anyway, that's what oh. I want. I want to call a girl whose number I found in a bathroom <laughs> stall. Uh, I just feel like um, what Star Wars really needs is a mastermind that will share their skill. Share their skills, kind of like Skillshare, Elise. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills. Premium membership gives you unlimited access so that you can join the classes and communities that are just right for you. Whether you want to fuel your curiosity, creativity, or even career, Skillshare is the perfect place to keep you learning and thriving. I love learning new skills and improving on those that I already have. After only a few minutes of poking around, I already had dozens of tabs open in Chrome and was following many creators whose work I enjoy. I picked up a quick After Effects skill of utilizing the speed graph to exert more expert control over zooms and pans and funhouse videos. After Effects is a massive and powerful program, and I look forward to expanding my abilities further with Skillshare. In a past life, I was a graphic designer, and I would have killed to learn from some of the greats. Skillshare offers classes like logo and custom type design with Aaron Draplin and book cover design with Chip Kidd. The ability to learn directly from masters of the craft is invaluable. I can't wait to take in everything those guys have to offer. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Because Skillshare is sponsoring this video, you can sign up with the link in the description below and get a free two-month trial. So use the link in the description, head over to Skillshare for a free two-month trial. And thanks again, Skillshare, for sponsoring the episode this week and bringing us here and letting us talk about Star Wars. And we have more Star Wars to talk about. I know everyone loves that. That's fine. So I'm going to go get Jacob. I feel like we left him out of our Star Wars conversation. Do you want me to grab him? No, yeah. not really. No, no. Okay. He's busy. I mean, I know he's busy, he's but... He's very busy. Also, Jacob's known for his harsh, hot takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, I can do a quick, Jacob. Oh, gee golly, I love it all. Thank <laughs> God the woman's gone. <laughs> You'll just sit more upright. Yeah. He's got yeah. great posture. Yeah. He does. And just, just always smiling. Yeah, I really... I think it's going to be great. <laughs> wow. Um, we love Jacob here, by the way. So there was a little more Star Wars news uh, this past week. Uh, There were a few articles about uh, George Lucas being betrayed by Disney. Bob Bob Iger's (laughs) memoir came out. So Disney CEO Bob Iger released his memoir with a very short title, The Ride of a Lifetime, Lessons Learned from 15 Years as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Wow. But I guess in that he opens up a little bit about um, how George reacted after selling his property for – about four billion dollars. Cool. Um, Adjusted for inflation, or is that the time? That was at the time. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, two point two billion in cash and one point eight in fucking stock. Yeah. Um, Which is Disney weird. Stock is basically worthless. <laughs> is it? No. It's probably um, worth more. Now. I was gonna say, like after that sale, their stock also probably went up. So it's a really weird way of playing the yeah. system. Um, so it, to put it in context, I think it's a little hard to feel bad for Georgie. 
considering he made four billion plus on the whole deal. No one was twisting his arm. Well, exactly. also let's he hear what he has to it say out. because if someone if someone out there ruins Star Wars, it's George <laughs> Lucas. So, <laughs> have you have you heard the rumor of why he sold it? No, uh, the Madoff thing. Oh, really? The, Did he get screwed by a that lot of Ponzi? a lot of big Hollywood types, and George Lucas apparently being one of them, made some bad investments with Bernie Madoff. And he was like, I'm going to lose my ranch. Yeah, he was like. <laughs> and my he, five companies. He all Skywalker cows mm-hmm. and his Whenever Skywalker I hens. Think, when I think of that now, I think of the season of Curb, the Seinfeld season, about how, and the episode within it where, like, George uh, oh, fell yeah. prey to the burning. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. um, but that's the rumor anyway. So that's it's a, like, an interesting rumor. It, did it would make come sense. Of, it came out of left field where he's like. Hey, anyone want to buy this? And like, uh, you see how miserable he looks when he's holding that lightsaber next to Mickey Mouse, and he's like, "Murder me." <laughs> oh, the man. ghost of Jim Henson hovering beside them. <laughs> well, I, I guess that would explain why he didn't go on and make the three movies that he wanted to make. Because that's where the whole the betrayal comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, I've got way too many quotes here. Um, Iger is sen- essentially just covering his ass, saying that he made it very clear that. Purchasing this didn't contractually obligate them to the scripts. He's like, George wouldn't put down the turkey leg. <laughs> he would continue to eat his jowl so loud he couldn't hear the advice I was giving him. But yeah, I guess, I guess they pu- pulled George into a meeting to talk about the future of Star Wars, and J.J. and Kathleen started uh, you know, spilling out the plot, and he got visibly angry and upset immediately because they kind of just... I guess didn't, no one warned him that they weren't doing his thing. Mm-hmm. He had written three tr- treatments that he sold to them along with you know, the other, whatever, four billion. It must have them. been real good <laughs> if Disney was like, uh-huh, <laughs> well, thank no, you. <laughs> thank you, yeah. George. Yeah, <laughs> we, we can get into that, what they were supposed to be in a minute, because I oh, do have cool. a few details on that. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, they weren't contractually bound. What do, what do I got here? Um, so the long know. short of it is that Disney, when they bought <laughs> Star Wars, George, <laughs> George thought that he was going to <laughs> make, they were going to make his <laughs> movies or something like them, and he didn't. Yeah. He, he was betrayed. That? I don't think Mark Hamill is an asshole. No, I don't. But think I think sometimes he, he does things to amuse himself, but mm. then he doesn't realize how the internet interprets this and goes, "Look, look at how, look at Mark yeah. Hamill's face in that. He clearly hated the Game of Thrones finale." Like, you know. <laughs> but he's like, "Whatever, I gotta go play scientist." Yeah, yeah. He does that voice? I feel like he doesn't have bifocals on, and he's trying really trying hard to, read, to read the prompter. prompter. Like, yeah. uh, there's no prompter, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would explain a lot. That's an old sandwich. And what if I've been reading. Lucas actually did have a pretty good critique on the new Star Wars stuff, just saying there's nothing new, which I think is is actually, it makes a lot of sense. That's fine. uh, George always wanted to present new worlds, new stories, new characters, and new technologies, and there were not enough visual or technical leaps forward, Mm. which are the things that define Star Wars. You know, new planets, new characters. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's what he... That's why Anakin grew up on Tatooine. We wanted some more new... (laughs) We got Jakku, you monster. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I guess essentially George was criticizing them for the exact same thing that they were trying to do, which was just give people Star Wars again, mm-hmm. um, well, they, which is what they focused on that. doing. I, I, listen, yes. I get that. To be fair, they did that because there was a lot of negativity surrounding the prequels because they said mm-hmm. they're too different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then they made it the same, and then everyone got upset. They also hired the n- nostalgia man yeah. himself, J.J. Abrams, to make it. Yeah. yeah. Like, Reboot the King. dude who whose whole career is based on doing a really good job of tapping into what you loved before. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's, and that's what Lucas really did in the first place. 
What do you honestly. mean? Kind of with Indiana Jones and Star oh, Wars, just oh, repackaged yeah. the serials from his childhood that he yeah, loved. Yeah, I mean, he he's a he's like an early I don't know. I'd call him like a visual DJ almost, or a scriptwriter <laughs> DJ, where he remixed yeah. 10, 20 different things, and like it's it's really crazy to do deep dives on all the movies and how they're in, what the inspirations come from. It's actually his. His uh, his likes and dislikes run really deep in uh, all sorts of all sorts of like literature and film and books and I guess books I guess literature. the difference is that he didn't call Indiana Jones Alan Quartermain or whatever <laughs> yeah. like, right you know yeah. so I could understand that the the only the only problem like thinking about it and I don't know when his quote is from George Lucas's reaction but this is all from Iger's book all those quotes yeah but I assume it this happened <laughs> during the time of Force Awakens right it's in the, they, it's they in were the, pitching him Force Awakens what oh. excited me. About Force Awakens was how it start. It was gonna. We knew it as a trilogy. It started, and it felt like we were going through the same things again. But I was excited to see how the cycle was gonna break. Yeah. I, I we did a podcast on it, like a review, and I was like, oh, I'm really, I, th- I, I'm okay with this, provided the next two movies that come out mm. don't just follow the timeline and show, oh, well, just because you start at point A doesn't mean you're always gonna end up at point B. Let's yeah. start at point A and end up at point Z or well, something completely wild. It feels, wild, like, it feels like they had three choices with Last Jedi. They're like, okay, we can empire it. It's going to be a bummer, mm-hmm. but we're going to come back, and it's going to be great. Or Ray and Kylo take hands. They become a new third party, a Force wild twins. card. Yeah, <laughs> The Force <laughs> twins go off to start their own Republic mm-hmm. or whatever, and they're going to be a giant question mark in the next trilogy or, or the next movie, whatever, however they you want to do kids. it. They have kids. Yeah, and then those kids they are have the focal point feet. of the next trilogy. Oh. But then the next trilogy after that is a prequel trilogy that focuses on the parents of the kids from the other trilogy. But then you don't realize you're just watching Force Awakens. Yeah, again. but instead they they went for uh, they marked C, which was none of the above, mm-hmm. and it just sort of have a weird happy ending. It was very confusing. I don't know. It is interesting that in the book, Iger does accept that Disney's plan of releasing at least one Star Wars movie every year for forever uh, was wrong and might have damaged the property. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says, I just think we might have put a little bit too much in the marketplace too fast. So Mm. maybe even, you know. Hugely powerful CEOs can make mistakes. No, they're perfect. <laughs> yeah, I thought CEOs were our saviors. <laughs> but well, um, was he part of that summit where all the CEOs were like, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't value investors over, you know, over the product." And then like the Skeksis, they went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> "Yes, good idea." Checking my essence. Yeah. More essence. Aquafina. As you can tell, we recently <laughs> discovered an old movie from 1982 called The Dark Crystal. How dare you? <laughs> um, I do. There have been people asking us to review Dark Crystal. I don't think enough of us have finished it yet. Um, have you guys even finished it? It's all I can think about, and I wish I wasn't here. I wish I was home oh. watching it. I'm two episodes in. I love it. We it's, watched it's good. seven? Eight, eight episodes. Eight episodes? Man. Eight, How many are there? Ten. ten. Holy shit. Our ten hour long episodes. Yeah, I guess if you're... If we'll you're, get to it soon. If you're missing a yeah, Game of Thrones, yeah, uh, there it is. I mean, we just, uh, just watch it. You don't need our review. Our review is go watch, watch it. it. Yeah. yeah, live your life. It's free on Netflix. <laughs> All you have to do is pay for it. <laughs> Um, to jump back to Star Wars, I know we were on the cooler Dark Crystal world, but um, where Lucas was going with uh, his Star Wars trilogy, his seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. was into the wills and more midichlorians. I read it. I just read this paragraph, it's so and it's bad. bonkers. <laughs> All right. Go for um, it. Take it away, So, Dan. So the next three Star Wars films, we're going to get into the microbiotic world, but... 
There's this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the wills, and the wills are the ones who actually control the universe. They feed off the force. So the wills were uh, established by Lucas in the very, very early stages of creating Star Wars. It was called The Journey of the Wills. Uh, That stuff was dropped probably because it was stupid, and he got (laughs) screenwriters to help him write it. Um, But so the wills are an immortal beating immortal beings who controlled everything through the force um, ultimately this means that we we are just cars vehicles for the wills to travel around um, Lucas continued we're the vessels for them and the con- and the conduct is the midichlorians the midichlorians like are the ones well, that communicate with the wills <laughs> the wills in a general sense they are the force it's so convoluted it, I, yeah. and I love how that quote you have George Lucas starts it by saying back in the day I used to say ultimately <laughs> like back in the day yeah. to who who are you um, saying this uh, my so, old friend Flash Gordon <laughs> I used to look at Spielberg and talk to him while he was directing and ignoring me he's got a great chin <laughs> Um, he did use, I guess they might have used some of his ideas because the original episode seven would have seen Luke Skywalker train a new Jedi named Kira on a secluded planet. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think he was going to deep dive into the midichlorians and the microscopic life forms that run the universe. Cool, 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 cool. That's, so, that's, it's, I mean, it's different. Don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, yeah, the Disney might have done the right thing by getting J.J. Abrams to just make the movie that we liked again. Yeah. It's delving deeper into a, a microbiotic lore that is not interesting. No. It's well, like I, I can see that as something like that he's interested in, maybe in the real world, like yeah. biology and microorganisms. He's like, I gotta think, take this thing that I really like and jam it into this thing that makes money. Well, it's I think maybe time has sort of morphed Star Wars into a collective understanding of what it is. But I remember when the movie first came out, we were like, this is a new level of sci-fi. But now that time has passed, sort of like, well, it's more like fantasy with technological advancements, but also things that are still stuck in the past. It's really interesting. And so it sort of morphed into a fantasy thing. But I guess George's like, no, 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 it's sci-fi. You're going to look yeah. at the bacteria. <laughs> the it, yeah. It, it's and so weird. Remingtons. The midichlorians was already like a leap enough, but then to say that there's another level beyond that is is just too convoluted. <laughs> the wills. Yeah. Wasn't there like, there's some uh, concept art out there of like them like swimming underwater and like going into like old, like similar to some of the imagery that you saw in uh, Force Awakens of like, um, Ray's character going through a down Star Destroyer, but like people like, oh, they're like, we're going to go through these vessels that were underwater, so it's same but different. I don't know. Don't worry about it. Do you think we'll get, still get back to that with what JJ's oh. making now? Do you think it's going to go microbi or macrobiotic? No. No. No way. They no. they have to explain. It's dumb. They have to explain less. Or I'm sorry. It, they have to explain. They have so many story things they have to fix yeah. before they can talk about... <laughs> explain uh, Palpatine. It, it oh, is... Exploring boy. the magic is stupid. You don't have to explain magic. It's just magic. I don't well, know. Game of Thrones, it's sort of... The idea was magic was coming back to the world because the dragons were back. That was but kind of a cool idea. They didn't, ex- like, they didn't start talking about the comet landing on the planet. Well, and oh, yeah, there was it, a comet. What happened to the comet? I mean... <laughs> 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 What happened to the comet? (laughs) Hashtag bring back comet. (laughs) Remember in Cloud Atlas how everyone has the comet birthmark? Mm -hmm. I don't. Yes, I do. The movie was eight hours long. What's your next point? (laughs) I love that movie. Uh, That's fine. (laughs) It's a great movie. I like when they put on the, like, future Asian makeup. (laughs) Okay, all right. (laughs) Well, what? The whole movie is set up with the same cast throughout. That's the one section of the film that's supposed to recast the whole thing. That doesn't make any fucking sense from a filmmaker's point of view. 
Doesn't make any sense. Same problem with Looper when they go. It is. It was just stupid (laughs) criticism. I'm just saying when there's certain things in movies, it's okay. Hey, listen up, directors. It's okay. If Bruce Willis's future version of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you don't need to morph his face to look like Bruce Willis. It's okay. We understand there are two different actors. You could, if you're gonna believe time travel is a real thing, you can believe that this young guy is gonna age into this old guy. But it's how okay. does the blood in their body oxygenate their their <laughs> system so that way they can speak? So it's the wills. <laughs> You guys are butchering Ryan Johnson in this podcast. You know, right? Listen, no. you're butchering him absolutely. No, I actually, I, Brothers li- Bloom, I love. <laughs> they, they missed it. Anyway, oh. um, oh, if you, you want to butcher were... something, just like Disney butchered George Lucas's ideas, okay, check out ButcherBox. When it comes to meat, quality matters, but there's more to it than texture and taste. High quality, humanely raised meat is important to me, and it should be for you too. It's better for you better for the animals, and better for the environment. Luckily, there's ButcherBox. ButcherBox believes everyone deserves high-quality, humanely sourced meat. It is beyond simple to have a ButcherBox just show up to your door full of meat. It means there's always meat in the freezer, and better yet, less trips to the grocery store. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to my home. All meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. ButcherBox is a no-brainer. It's the best meat shipped right to my door. There are many options, like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar and nitrate-free bacon. It's the way meat should be. ButcherBox is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of the subscription, plus $20 off the first box. So just go to ButcherBox.com slash FilmHouse or enter the promo code FilmHouse at checkout. That's ButcherBox.com slash FilmHouse or use the promo code FilmHouse at checkout. It's pretty easy. Um, and yeah, get the, there's a bunch of free ground beef, you guys. If you guys sign up for ButcherBox now, you get two extra pounds in every box of ground beef for the rest of the time that you have that ButcherBox subscription, mm. which I think is pretty sweet. Um, thanks, ButcherBox, for bringing us here this week to talk about Star Wars and betrayal. <laughs> um, and scientists. Yes. <laughs> Small yes. yes. Does anyone, <laughs> so, does any, show of hands, does anyone in the room feel bad for George? No, he's rich. Yeah, yeah no. I mean, four well, billion dollars rich. If he too. was, also, if he was, like, had totally knocked it out of the park every time he's taken a stab Good at Star point. Wars, then I would be more inclined to hear what he had sure. to say, but... Yeah. No, like, it, Empire was, you know, the genius of... I forgot the guy that named the, the director and Cassidan. Like, he had these cool ideas. He's the idea guy. Mm-hmm. And then he employs other people to make the scripts well, and even, direct the movies. Even the original Star Wars, New Hope, uh, as it would be later known as, uh, was very much saved in the edit. Yeah. Um, Rocket Jump, friends of ours, did a little video on it. A little video that is a great video. It is a great video to show the power of editing and what you can do with it. I can yeah. see George being offended. Because, you know, Star Wars being the empire that it is and him obviously being involved in the creation of that to, to think like, you know, it wouldn't exist without him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then people t- to cut sure, him out. I think also like, you know, maybe it's naive when you make a, a huge deal with this massive corporation. But yeah. to trust that they would kind of keep you around, keep your ideas and use the ideas that you specifically gave them for these movies, well, mm-hmm. that he trusted that they were going to do that. And maybe that wasn't the smartest I mean, if move? someone came to me and said, I'll pay you $4 billion for your asshole, 
And I was like, deal. And then afterwards, I go, now I'm going to fuck it. And I go, what? <laughs> I, I don't think I have any right to be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm the one who was like, someone's offering me a lot of money for this yeah. thing. Nice metaphor. I also, I don't want to discount the sort of advancements that George Lucas is behind. Like, we have ILM because mm-hmm. of George Lucas. Well, and we have we have a, just a lot of great technology and the modern day editing is a lot came about photoshop exists because of ILM like there's so many things that you can trace back to one guy who can think bigger than what he can deliver on mm-hmm. um but you know getting pretty damn close well, and that's like it's, it's something not to forget that it's like yes the world is a very different place because of George Lucas oh yeah. and don't just because we make jokes it's like it's not to say like I respect the hell out of oh the yeah. guy oh yeah. for everything yeah. that he's done like it's well, insane so you brought up the the ponzi scheme if if he did lose a shit ton of money <laughs> once again rumor i rumor. don't know if, i've just heard this if there was some reason that he was in a financial straits and you, this man must employ like thousands of people and there there's a lot uh, yeah. of responsibility that comes with that maybe Maybe he needed to sell the company mm-hmm. to keep all these thousands of people employed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was other pressures. I, I, don't I know. guess maybe maybe I'm the naive one because I sort of like look at George Lucas as someone that is not maybe was never like a savvy businessman. I don't I don't know that about him. Maybe he was a really savvy businessman, but I saw him as like somebody that just wanted to make stories and do that with people that he enjoyed making stories with. And when he I think like when you're you are a person who makes a company and your goal is to like sell it or you're just you're all about business. You're not really about the uh, creative or the heartfelt aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Selling companies is one thing or another. But for someone that like you invest your kind of creative heart and soul into it to sell. Like I think about, you know, like it's a different scale, but like the Rooster Teeth guys selling Rooster Teeth mm-hmm. and like still retaining creative involvement following mm-hmm. that sale mm-hmm. and like. I don't think that like Matt Bernie and the rest the were like sh- they were the, <laughs> and the rest were like we're gonna yeah we're just gonna Gosh. make a company to sell it yeah. we're just gonna we're gonna no. get get that revenue up sell it it was like something that they were like emotionally invested in and probably if they had sold it and then the company was like okay sorry not interested they'd take it personal like yeah. you know even if that was not written in the contract they had to stay it's still on this, it's this still, baby that you yeah. poured your your heart and your energy and your sweat mm-hmm. for yes. years into. Well, it's also yes. something that you are one to one associated yes. with. No mm-hmm. one else yeah. thinks. No one thinks of George Lucas for anything but Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I I would say too, his, yeah, his yeah. business. I still think that's a Steven Spielberg thing though. Mm-hmm. But um, but half. even to his business George savvy though, he was also smart Willow. enough at the time to hold on to <laughs> uh, those merchandising rights, mm-hmm. which is why he's as well. He well, created the toy now. market, which, as far as we know, could have been an accident. Like a happy yeah. accident, but it was a great business move. So, it, like documentaries about it seemed like it was pretty well intentioned. Like yeah. he knew that no one would mm. think to check that part of the contract. So is he a shrewd businessman? No, no. I, I think know. I think he became a smart businessman. Yeah. Th- like he sort of learned on the job because yeah, he was a film school student who had huge ideas that people couldn't really understand, and he needed to bring in people who could adapt his vision, which was very hard to do because. If you were to describe the plot of Star Wars to someone who's never seen a movie before, oh, yeah. they'd think you're insane. Especially <laughs> 50 or 40 years yeah. ago. Or he's, whatever, right? he's a he's a seven-foot monkey man, and he's hanging out with a, a, a cowboy, <laughs> and they fly around in space, and there's like a there's a boy with a haircut, <laughs> and he's got powers. The boy with a haircut. Uh, he's special, but he'll come in later. <laughs> and then they blow up a big orb in the sky. Yeah. It's like... What the? <laughs> yeah, the best one of the best clips. And the you space can, wizard escapes. <laughs> yeah, but 
uh, there's a dark space wizard oh. and a good one. But Obi Ben is Obi Wan. Samuel Jackson, you'll meet him later, <laughs> thirty years from now. The, the, one of the best clips you could ever watch is uh, the show Thick of It. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he, they're describing Star Wars, he's like, <laughs> he's like, you know, it's the sh- the movie with everything's Lego. <laughs> he's like, it's about the the gay hairdresser and the cowboy, and he's it's robots. <laughs> like, and he's like, Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> And then they all kill the, the planet of the teddy bears. <laughs> they celebrate and they kill the bad guys. And he's like, really? That's what you think Star Wars is? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Malcolm's one of the greatest. Has what? So that's a great summary. It's, it's just like he calls Luke a hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's all oh. Lego. Anyway, sorry. Anyway. Good out. Yeah, I, th- I think we, we hit the nail on the head. We don't need to talk about the Walker Texas Ranger reboot. Oh, rats. <laughs> but that's the thumbnail. Well, oh, stay rats. tuned next week. Yeah, maybe that will bring you back. Yeah. <laughs> Sit there like a, uh, a cool puppet would mm-hmm. beneath a, a bird-like creature. Mm-hmm. What's the reference? Let's get it. Oh. 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 What's their line? Ah, ah, yeah. Essence. Yes. Miguel Flynn, mm. Commander New, as voiced by B.D. Wong. Wait, oh yeah, yeah. Wait, Benedict Wong. Who's B.D. Wong? No, no B.D. Wong. Wong. No, no. It's is it B.D. Wong or B.D. Wong is the one who's in in. He's in uh, Mr. Robot and Jurassic Park. Yes, Benedict Wong is the one who's Doctor, Doctor Strange, who is also in Dark Crystal. He's the general. Whoa. We saw him oh. at brunch once. It's all connected. Got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on the brunch note, we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for coming around.